0: So a match happens still all world defense, right? I mean, he's platinum glove winner again, you know, the best third baseman, one of the best third basemen of the generation. I mean, he's just that good. Obviously, there's also value to just having everybody come out and throw 98 yeah. miles an hour with white ball sliders, but if you don't have that...
1: And at the risk of starting a very long discussion between the two of you, <laughs> do you think his second half was for real? And welcome to Artificial Turf Wars, episode number 228. If we had a nickel for every time the Blue Jays traded a prospect prospects to Oakland for an all-star third baseman, we'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot. It's weird that it's happened twice. I am your host, Greg Wizdowski, and I am joined by the indomitable Nick Dyka. How's it going, Nick?
2: Hey, Greg. Very excited to talk about the uh, transactions.
1: As are we, and by we, I mean my other partner in crime, Joshua Hausum. Josh, how are you doing tonight?
0: Oof. Really excited to talk about Andrew Vasquez, baby. All right. I knew
1: we'd start. We're going to do them alphabetically, of course, because that makes the only way that, <laughs> so that makes sense. My first
0: name? Yeah.
1: I mean, that's how we go. Oh, wait. Okay. Maybe we should do it in a, in, a, in a more logical manner. We're going to talk about Matt Chapman traded to the Blue Jays from the Oakland Athletics, who once again are tearing it down as they do uh, according to some unknown ritual um the signing of uh yusei kikuchi former seattle mariner now a blue jay um i think we were excited about him three years ago uh andrew vasquez as you said uh, we're not going to ignore him and then we need to talk about where the roster sits and is there any money left or is, are there moves left to make or what did what did our fearless uh general manager say today um and then are there more rumors uh did anything else significantly affect the division We have your questions, and my goodness, you've come out of the woodwork. You found the questions button, folks. We love you. Uh, We have a do-over for Bob Nightingale, who is like a continuous do-over cycle, but this one's pretty good. Um, Yeah, that is what we're gearing up for. So I I shall ask for your initial emotional reaction, Nick, to Matt Chapman, all-star platinum glove third baseman coming to the Blue Jays.
2: Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's always exciting when the team you follow makes makes moves to go all in, whether that's a trade or, or signing someone. Uh, you know, it's a little bit, it's funny how your expectations can change based on just following rumors and things like that. Because 12 hours before Matt Chapman was coming, we thought maybe Freddie Freeman was coming. So it's... I, I know it's insane to say it was a little bit of a letdown, but that's only in relation to Freddie Freeman b- becoming a Blue Jay, which, and obviously that was more unlikely. You know, and like it was always more unlikely that Freeman was going to sign with the Jays cause he's a free agent. We have Vlad at first, et cetera, et cetera. But when, when you don't think about that and you just think about Chapman in a vacuum, like he's a, he's a really good player that's going to fill a need for the team which is you awesome.
0: just brought a tweet of mine to life <laughs> oh did i <laughs> i, I, well, I wasn't chapman but i said it was all that stuff with freeman was going on which we'll get to in a bit but i i i tweeted out, "It's like if the jays only end up with kyle schwarber who's like a great hitter and a perfect fit for this team people are gonna be disappointed <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah same thing happened but Matt chapman yeah but i mean but except but just for you but obviously like if you've followed along with what was going on today i mean i got the airplane i was a, i was a flying to florida when the when it started to break and i had to get the airplane wi-fi so i could, so I could keep following. <laughs> um, it's i mean the jays needed an upgrade at third base i mean everybody knew that that's been the case since last june you know and yeah, when it became pretty clear, well, again, we'll get to this later home, maybe maybe not, but it seemed likely that Jose Ramirez was not going to get traded and Catel Marte was not going to get traded. Chapman was really the only potentially elite option left.
1: And in terms of elite defense, I mean he is the best of the best. And that's the side of the ball where the Jays were obviously the most concerned, right? Kevin Bishop cannot throw across the diamond. Um, Santiago Espinal is solid, but but not fantastic. Uh, so you get you get a very definite upgrade in Chapman. I think it's fine, especially considering what they gave up, which obviously we need to talk about.
0: Yeah, um, I, I would actually say Espinel is better than fine. He was very good defensively at third, but the upside offensively just wasn't there. But uh, yeah, so Kevin Smith, uh, you know, he made his debut last year after remaking his swing back to what he was when he first had prospect pedigree. He had a really good year in AAA, so he... Sort of came back on the prospect scene. Uh, Gunnar Hogland was. Sorry, go ahead.
1: Is Kevin Smith echoes of the Brett Laurie part of the Josh Donaldson deal?
0: There is none because there are no major leaguers in the trade. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but you Gunner just said Hoglund, he made. <laughs> uh, okay, well, let's just just let me actually go through it. <clears throat> Gunnar Hogland was the last was the first round pick this past year who underwent Tommy John, who fell to the Jays because he needed it. So it's a it's a high value piece but well, i'd say he's the best piece going back to oakland but and then zach Logue, who is major league ready pitcher now and then kirby sneed who is roster fodder lefty reliever
1: i don't i'm not heartbroken over any of that i don't know about you Nick. no no i'm not
2: uh you know i think it makes sense a lot of times to to give up prospects. If you're trying to win now, one thing I started thinking about when I saw some tweets that were referencing the Jays still potentially being in on Jose Ramirez that I thought would be kind of um, fun to ask you guys about. Is there a point when you don't want to trade, even when you're going for it now where you don't want to trade prospects because you need the depth at the mate like at the major league level. So I was thinking if the Jays you know, if they gave up another package like this to get uh, Jose Ramirez, are they in trouble if then, you know, one of their infielders gets injured and they, they need to fill in, they need somebody to fill in. And there's not a Kevin Biggio around and Kevin Smith and Aralvis Martinez are both in other Nick organizations. Nick just
0: jumping segments here on us, but... uh oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but just to address the question, since you brought it up, yeah, there is a point... I think it becomes when the players that you would be trading away. I mean, you, well, if you can't replace the depth or in the case of say the blue Jays, like if it's Gabriel Moreno, a guy who you think is ready and can be ready very quickly and better than your in-house options. Right. So like for example, the Jays catching is, you know, depending on what you think of Alejandro Kirk, who I think is more of a DH than a catcher probably this year, which is a question we have, but, uh, Moreno is the guy they think could be the best this year, so that's where it's like you get to a point where does it actually hamper your chances at the title? I think that has to be part of the calculus. Yeah, but this trade did not.
1: Yeah, I I think you're if you're trading your guy who might be your number one starter three or four years from now. Like, I mean, Hoglund could be, like you said, he's potentially the best piece in the trade. He's a first rounder. He could be absolutely something. And maybe, um, you know, you kick yourself if the Blue Jays don't make the playoffs and you traded him away. But I think they're so all in on making the playoffs. I think a a piece that is, you know, last year's first rounder is exactly the kind of thing you're going to, you're going to have to, to move um, and give up on the hope of whatever that was going to be. It's, it's the first two years in a row. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And, and on the, on the other side of this too, um, they get Chapman for, for two years. If Chapman leaves, they might get a, Compensatory pick, and they're going to get a couple extra picks this coming year, correct? Because yep. they lost Ray and Semyon. Yep. Yeah.
0: Anyway, so the but the, the the return that Oakland got for Chapman, I, I don't know. It depends on how you view it. Like because Chapman, well, and we're going to get to this really in a few seconds, had a very bad year offensively for him. Um, So you could say that the return reflects that, but from a Jays perspective, there's no one there they're going to miss. I mean, or at least in the short term and Hoglin might be something, but the Jays have a deep rotation right now. They have depth on this on the starting five and then they have depth in Buffalo and depending on wherever the heck Nate Pearson ends up in in the, in the pitching plan. So I think it's a trade you have to make.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if, uh, if other pieces are, like you said, are, are not going to happen, if other trades are just, you know, well, we'll talk about Ramirez. The Guardians, which I'm so happy to be able to say that, uh, Guardians have a new regime, and they don't want to look like they're giving up on the team right off the bat, is the rumor, right? Um, so we have we have him more or less locked in place. Uh, Buck Martinez was saying today that, you know, Manoa was a part of that package. It doesn't make any sense to trade someone off the Major League roster to get an infielder, right?
0: No, it, uh, well, I mean, not necessarily not to that level.
1: So, um, yeah, I, I think the Blue Jays were definitively upgrading at that position one way or another. So, you know, that's absolutely Chapman is the move they have to make if, if he's the only one left on the table. And, you know, Oakland isn't asking for Moreno.
0: No, or anything else close to that. So we should talk about what happened. So Matt Chapman's still all-world defense, right? He's platinum glove winner again, the best third baseman, one of the best third basemen of the generation. He's just that good. And we'll get to how that can help the team in a bit. But let's talk about the bad first, because he was bad last year offensively for him. I mean, he was still... A league average bat by OPS plus, you know, because playing in a crappy park. But, you know, his slugging cratered and he was just, you know, everything across the board. He was worse against every pitch. (laughs) Uh, He struck out. He swung and missed more. He was just everything went wrong. And obviously that's not great. Um, The floor, at least because of his defense, is still very, very good, but also... He was coming off hip surgery in the offseason, hip surgery to his labrum. So you you could see how that could mess with someone a little bit. And he said that he was feeling not great for much of the the season, and that's a bit of an excuse. But also, even if it wasn't, even if it was just a horrible, horrible year, I think you bet on the 28-year-old's track record or performance at this point of at least being able to bounce back somewhat.
1: Yeah, I mean, you 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 don't bet on his worst or his best year, right? You bet on on what his you know three year average might be. That's what the, that's what all the computer simulations do. And I think if you look at the the overall Matt Chapman, to assume he's gonna that all of his decline happened last year and he's only going down here downhill from there seems uh, overly pessimistic.
2: Right. In terms of looking at three year trends as opposed to one year, uh, I don't have his Fangraphs page up in front of me, but I think he started striking out more in 2020 and that carried over into 2021. That, yeah, that's which, when
0: he had the hip issue that required the surgery. So right. So that's the thing. Like there's there's a reason to explain what happened. That doesn't necessarily mean it's the only reason. I mean it it's a correlation it doesn't mean it's the causation, right? Right. But yeah, he he was worse in 2020 than he was in 18 and 19 and then he was worse in 2021 than he was in 20. So there are some worrying signs there. And I think that's why they got him for what they did. When you look at what Matt Olson was traded for, which was way bigger package, but you know, he's again, he's 28. You don't expect that kind of decline in a guy's late twenties.
2: And, and even considering the, the struggles he's had the the past two years, uh, you know, a four seventy slug, like what did he, he hit like 20, 27, 28 home runs in, in 2021. That's not, that's not terrible, especially considering like he walks a significant amount. Um, you know, he's not going to hit for a high batting average. So his on base is still going to be not incredible. But uh, the the downside, like the reduced version of, of Matt Chapman is still a pretty decent player. Given, yeah. again, given his defense and his other
1: offensive
0: strengths. Three and a half wins by pretty much every war, metric. Yeah, so we should absolutely
1: talk about the reason his defense plays especially well with the situation in Toronto with the pitching staff.
0: Yeah, why don't you tee that up since you brought it up?
1: Um, The Blue Jays had, last year, more balls hit to third base and shortstop than any other team in baseball. Uh, And they had Bo Bichette and Kevin Biggio trying to field them. Uh, And then they added... Yusei Kikuchi, who was, I believe, also a top 10 pitcher for balls <laughs> to the left side of the infield. So, yep. uh, yeah, yeah, the, the, there's going to be a lot happening over there. That's that's the way they're constructed. The, you know, Hyunjin Ryu's changeup is meant to get guys to to pull it. Um, they're in a, a division that has a lot of right-handed batters in it. Like, everything says you need a great third baseman. And we saw last year what happens when you don't have one, right?
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. And, you know, yeah, Ryu was the most ground balls to the right side towards the, towards third base in the league. <laughs> and, yeah, it makes sense that the Jays would have been up there because they had all those left-handed starters. But, I mean, they still have two of them. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and the two of them, and we're going to get to one of them more in depth, obviously, after this, are their two most questionable pitchers right now? I mean, I believe in Ryu bouncing back, but still, it, it, there's enough question marks about him that an elite defender at third base will be huge for his value. And we'll get, we have a question about how it'll affect Bo Bichette. So we'll leave that out for now. But I mean, just adding this guy, I think can be a, just the biggest boost to the guys that don't miss as many bats in their, in their, in their starting rotation.
2: I think another thing that often gets talked about when you, bring players out of Oakland is just how their power plays up in other ballparks. And, you know, we saw Donaldson go from a guy who hit, you know, high twenties and home runs to a guy who hit, you know, almost 40 home runs. Um, I'm curious to know, has anybody done any of those, uh, overlays on Twitter where they look at Matt Chapman's batted balls in Oakland and they lay over the ballpark in in Toronto to see how many more would have gone out as home runs. Cause he could, you know, if things go well, he could have a power boost too.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I think everybody expects that.
1: Yeah, I have no doubt that, that that's, you know, that's kind of baked into the the projection or the expectation, not the real projection. But, yeah, everyone has an easier time in Toronto um, than Oakland. So, yeah, I, I, I think he will be more comfortable, um, you know, with, with his current situation. Obviously, the team, believe, you know, the, the, the other the other boost of the team believed in you enough to trade for you um, means they probably have an idea that that you can be your best uh, in the situation that they put you in. Also, he might
0: hit seventh <laughs> as well as pressure when you're hitting the bottom of the order, because he, he just might be the seventh best hitter on this team right now.
1: Yeah, which means you and can good. relax. Yeah,
0: yeah. All right. So anyway, Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Let's just sum it up there. It's awesome having Matt Chapman on the Blue Jays.
1: Yeah, we're we're not sad. We are definitely not sad. Um, so we shall move to Yusei Kikuchi, who was kind of an out of the blue thing for me. Like I did not think he was I did not hear any rumors prior. I think you would. Had, had you pined for him in the offseason, either of you?
0: I got, I got one of them. Actually, we, we did. We even discussed one of the rumors, when, but it was before the lockout, so it doesn't count, right? But yeah. the Jays the were linked to him right before the lockout.
1: Um, t- three years, uh, $36 million, Um with this year's being $16 million. So it's a front-loaded contract, which is good because all of the prospects in the Jays are only going to get paid more as time goes on. Um, he was not fantastic for the Mariners last year. But why is this an important acquisition for the Blue Jays, Josh?
0: Well, it just really lengthens the the rotation. I mean, we talked about how the Jays had that good four, and then Stripling was in the five spot, and it, they always said they were going to address it if they could. And they've gotten a guy that last year was a very solid number, the equivalent of a very solid number four pitcher. and he's a guy who in the first half of the season made the all-star team and then fell off in the back half. And he's always had the stuff. I mean, we, you know, like you mentioned at the top of the show that we wanted him back when he came out of Japan and sort of the blue Jays, but he just hasn't quite matched the production. And if that sounds like a couple lefties that came to the blue Jays last year, <laughs> I think <laughs> it should. And I think that's a type that the blue Jays have identified. Now the risk they took on here was a lot bigger than they did with Ray and Mats, who combined were, one year and 13 million, but I think that they believe that they can make the small tweaks that can turn this guy from an inconsistent performer into someone who can be one of the better number five starters in the league.
1: And I mean, that's the thing is the number of times I have gone into a spring training with this team as a fan listening to the battle for the five spot and who is gonna be the fifth starter and, uh, you know, th- th- this is who they're going to juggle and look at and on and on. That's not the conversation anymore. Just that alone. Here's, here's your five. As long as they're healthy, these are going to be the five starters on the team opening day. Um, is a, that tells me the team is, among a million other things, is absolutely trying to win the World Series from, you know, in a, in a realistic way this year.
2: Right. The the one interesting thing about solidifying the rotation is, um, what does this mean for Nate Pearson? Is this mean he's going to be in the bullpen all year? Is he going to start at Triple A? Um, yeah, I was curious to know what you guys thought about what this does for him.
0: Well, I, I think actually, the actually the the toughest question about that is. Well, how many people are going to be on the rosters to start the season. So that is apparently under discussion that they might expand the rosters at the beginning. And if they do, Nate Pearson is a great person to have for a modified six-man rotation at the beginning. It lets Kikuchi and Ryu have extra rest, and it helps mitigate some of the early ramp-up stuff that is going on right now, or quick ramp-up, rather. And I think that their best role, to me, assuming he doesn't get traded, the best role for him is the multi-inning reliever who spot starts for Ryu or Kakuchi whenever they need a break. So he's still getting to pitch at bulk innings because but and building up to go into a future rotation.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm, I don't have anything to add to that per se. Um I think Nate Pearson is a bit is becoming a bit of an enigma on this team because it was, you know, sort of assumed that the hundred miles an hour uh plus who had crazy good stuff and was gonna start and he's never quite got to the spot where he's comfortable starting and he's showed up in the bullpen and he's back in the rotation and he's in triple A. Um and now it's like they worked around answering that question. So I think they're gonna to continue to work around answering that question. Yeah, it's
2: part of the the value of having having a, a front office that's making moves like the Jays are right now is you're you're not relying as heavily on on someone who It's still a bit of a question mark. Um, And, you know, think of if things go great for Pearson this year and he's dominant in whatever role he ends up taking, that's amazing for the Jays. But also, you know, they're not counting on him the same way they were kind of uh, going into last year. Yeah, now we're counting on Alec Manoa. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, interesting. You know what? I would not be surprised if Pearson had a better year than Alec Manoa this year. Well,
0: uh, yeah, he just, you know, so he can't throw enough innings to do what Manoa can because he hasn't done it really. And that's kind of the nice thing about this though. One Chapman will help Manoa because Manoa does get a lot of balls in in play compared to Pearson, but they have this depth. Now they have Pearson, they have stripling. And those two guys are in the bullpen. And, you know, like they would be starters for many teams. And then you have in the minors, you have Hatch, you have, you know, K. And I think they'll probably add another depth starter for the minors. So, you know, this this, I think they're in a good spot.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and they're in a a much better spot, of course, because they signed Andrew Vasquez. Right, Josh?
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So Vasquez has absurd minor league numbers for strikeout rate. And it's basically because he throws a really good curveball. It's kind of sweeping, a sweeping curveball that's half like a slurve. When he came up to the majors last year, he threw it over 90% of the time. He's the bizarro Jake McGee. I Um, like it. yeah, I like what, guys that are goofy and weird. So, yeah, I like, I, if it's it's gimmicky and it works, or until it doesn't. But why the heck not?
1: I mean, <laughs> Adam Simbers sitting right there already on the roster. Why not just add another wacko, strange, <laughs> try and figure it out pitcher, right?
2: It it sounds like uh, one of the kind of in vogue approaches to to bullpen management, though, is exactly what you're talking about, like you know, they don't call it wacko. I feel they call it like different looks. And when you have a, a bullpen that's rolling out pitchers that, yeah, I've seen, I you've heard them talk a lot, like on broadcast and stuff about pitchers with different looks, like, you know, someone like Simber who, who throws sidearm and then somebody who pumps 98 and then somebody that's throwing, you know, change ups all the time or, or whatever, like, have you guys noticed that 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 might be like a kind of a new approach to building an efficient bullpen?
0: I think that you know anything you think about of hitters and changing looks on them and upsetting timing and that that's basically the basis of pitching. It makes sense to do it in a bullpen. Obviously, there's also value to just having everybody come out and throw ninety-eight yeah. miles an hour with whiteboard sliders. But if you don't have that, you know, it's it's not bad <laughs> to try this way too. <laughs>
1: it's like plan b for the teams that missed out on the guys throwing 102 um we're gonna we're gonna be throwing 80 and 96 and it will look like 102 when the when the guy comes in at 96 (laughs) so that uh brings us to sort of the overall picture here um the roster looks a whole lot more filled out than it did after the lockout ended Uh, But would you say, Josh, the Jays are, well, I mean, as far as the front office has said today, are the Jays done with the big splashy bits?
0: Oh, probably. (laughs) So one of the things that Atkins mentioned when he was actually introducing Kikuchi was that they have to manage the short and the long term. So Freddie Freeman, for example... I don't think it's coming through the door. It would be awesome if he still does, but I just, I I just can understand. It's like, they've got, they already have a lot of big contracts. I mean, they have Barrios, they have Chapman or not, sorry, not Chapman Springer, they have Gaussman. There's a three guys making over a hundred million dollars all in their thirties. So I think that in order to keep this core together they have to be a little careful with who they give their money to. Are like they able to give it to Corey Seager because he's 28, but you know, Freddie Freeman's 32. Um, I think they'll probably still try to trade for Jose Ramirez or Ketel Marte because they both still make sense and they're so cheap, but I just don't expect those to happen.
2: Someone, Josh, you've, you've mentioned not hearing anything about, um, that I find pretty interesting is Michael Conforto. Uh, he's, he was quite a good hitter. Uh, not, he struggled last year, but he was pretty good hitter before that. And he kind of not to shoehorn a Marcus semi in comparison, but somebody who's had a somewhat sustained track record of success and coming off a down year, the idea of getting someone like that on a, on a one year deal, um, to help rebuild his value, uh, to me, that seems like something the front office might consider because they did it with Semyon, and you know, Conforto ticks some boxes for them in that he's left-handed. He probably isn't going to command the type of contract someone like Freddie Freeman would. Um, yeah, do you guys do you guys think there's any chance they would go after him, or or why hasn't there been any talk around him?
0: I, as for why there's been no talk. At all around him, I couldn't answer that. I mean, there been, have been no rumors even for any teams. He, like, so if you go to MLB trade rumors and you search by player, nothing on Michael Conforto since the lockout ended. And I, because of everything you just said, I don't get it. As for the Blue Jays, he might not be vaccinated. He's said some things, and I got someone today, a Mets person sent me a thing saying he wasn't vaccinated last year. If he's not, the Jays, and don't he's not him. willing to get it, the Jays can't get him Like because he can't play here.
2: Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If he is, I I mean I think Conforto's a I've said before I think he might even be a better fit than Schwarber. Uh, I just I really like Conforto's bat. Uh, so I would love that move and I think it would be something they absolutely should be pursuing if he's eligible.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um one thing and tell me tell me why I'm wrong here. I'm not as concerned with the idea that they need left-handed hitters. Um I think Jay's right-handed hitters are all very good hitters and there don't seem to have any like pronounced splits where they struggle a lot against righties. So to me, the idea of, of having the the hitters they have is not a problem.
0: Yeah. So the one issue with that, which I think we saw is that you get exposed more to late inning relievers who, pronounce make more make platoon splits more pronounced because you got these coming guys coming out throwing gas with wipeout sliders that just have high platoon splits for as pitches in general and that's where you got for example last year the jays were just so much worse late in games because teams would just attack them with these you know these submarining righties or these big power righties and they just didn't have anything they could counter it
2: but but is that something like you know to use an old jays example when like andrew miller was coming out of the yankees bullpen that was no easier even though you know there there was the platoon advantage and that was no this wasn't easier. this was andrew
0: miller this was everybody <laughs> right the, the, the jays across the board were not doing well in those situations and i'm right. not saying that's the only reason there was a lot of luck involved but i do think that's where you get hurt by it even if it's not the biggest problem it is it is it's not not an issue either right
1: um is there any other rumor that you would like to highlight cuz we've we've kind of mixed them in here um the various things that the Blue Jays have been attached to from Freeman to uh J Ram to I don't know there've been a couple others any ones we've missed Um
2: I don't know about r- rumors but and I don't know if this is my like you know 2016 baseball brain uh and they don't really have much value anymore, but pitchers like Carlos Martinez and Chris Archer are still free agents. I think
0: Martinez signed.
2: That's that. Oh yeah, that's right. He signed a, a minor league deal, but I'm, I'm curious if the Jays were looking to, to add even more pitching depth to take a chance on a guy like that with some
1: upside. And again, who was good in 2015. We've raised the bar uh, so high on the Major League roster, I don't think we think about guys like that
0: anymore. <laughs> so, okay, I, I'm not going to address this at the moment because we have a question about the bullpen. But I'm oh. just going to say that I wouldn't do it. I'll, exp- right. I'll expand on that later.
1: Well, let's get to those questions then. Absolutely. Uh, we will be right back after a brief musical interlude uh, to answer a million things that you guys have asked.
0: A sweet dream.
1: And we have returned, refreshed, rejuvenated, and ready to answer your question.
0: Time now to hear from our listeners. That just seems silly.
1: Here are the rules. First I
2: ask a question, then you ask a question.
1: Then how does that sound, sweetheart?
0: Could you repeat the question, please?
1: Uh, yes. The first question comes from Turf Ferguson at Turferg. Um. Do you think that account was specifically made just to ask questions of this podcast? <laughs> uh, can we get a 45-second podcast of just you two, not you, Nick, uh, screaming like you're on a roller coaster? I feel like that should go on the Patreon, is what I'm...
0: <laughs> well, yeah, we were going to do that. That's all the show was going to be, but then Nick wanted to join, so we couldn't um,
1: do it. Yeah, because there's three of us. It doesn't work.
0: Um, Ishak Popal at uh,
1: Ishak133 uh, asks, first... Is Kirk your starting DH, Josh? Yep. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) You can elaborate, Josh. I didn't mean it.
0: No, no. I just think he's the best offensive weapon the Jays have, and right now they got two other catchers, so he should be hitting in the lineup every single day, unless they add a better, another, you know, a left-handed bat he can platoon with, or someone who's just an everyday hitter.
1: Uh, Nick, thumbs up or thumbs down on that concept?
2: Uh, I I do like the idea of cycling guys through DH to keep them healthy.
0: Yeah, Kirk can like, catch too, but I just meant he's yeah. the guy that if there's one guy who's in the lineup as a DH, it should be him over, say, Grichuk or whoever else is on the roster that's not in their normal starting eight.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't mind Grichuk getting at bats against lefties. Um, yeah, uh, that doesn't. I guess I'd rather, I'd rather Gritchick hit more often than Reese McGuire. So no, but
0: it's not, but the question it, was about versus Kirk. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but,
2: but, but if Kirk is the everyday DH, then, and that then he means... can
0: catch when Jansen's not catching. Like it's not, it's not, it's not, <laughs> there's no, okay. Over. I think I no. misunderstood
1: what everyday
2: DH. <laughs> right there. It
0: says starting. starting
2: DH.
1: Oh, start. Um, uh, my starting DH is Joey Votto, but I do not have the power to make that happen. So Ooh. we're going to
0: have to go with Kirk. Um, is there but i do agree i'd rather not see reese mcguire hitting so
1: uh asks also asks is there anything wrong with three catchers on the roster especially with great everyday players uh not if one of them is the starting dh i think is about the answer i'm about to get from someone
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean i still think there kind of is (laughs) it's not ideal from a roster construction what, whatever it's, happened to the
1: catchers who could also play third. Do you remember those guys?
0: Um, I mean Gabriel Moreno. But um <laughs> no, the reason it's a problem is because there are just limits on the roster and you know, you don't want to limit the, the flexibility you have to carry guys that can fill in at other spots. Now Kirk being a good enough hitter that he could be DHing makes it a little more palatable, but I still think it's not great. It's not what you want. Yeah, uh, like
2: I to your Moreno point, I'd feel better about it if, if Moreno was the third catcher, just yeah. in the sense that he can hit. Um, and yeah, it seems like he's playing a little bit of infield as well. Um, I think this is is this just a long way of saying Maguire's a bit of a limited player, and that's maybe a problem? Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, Dave Ghost at Dave Ghost 81, and I. every time I read that now, I'm Pretty sure I'm getting the foul right. Uh what will the batting order be once they trade for J Ram and sign Freeman now that they have Chapman? Wow, okay. A lot just happened in that one tweet. <laughs> Nick, uh, you know, you're starting nine with, with J Ram and Freeman in there.
2: Yeah.
0: Um and actually build no. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd be
1: nice. But <laughs> we'll um we're gonna bat everyone third and fourth. That's how good this team would be. Uh Kate at OK Stan asks, this is a good question. Can you brainstorm a couple of good Mm. nicknames for our newest Blue Jays? Does does Chapman or does Kikuchi carry a nickname with them that we know of? Is there one on on baseball reference? I haven't checked.
0: So Chapman has Chappie, Pegasus, or Hurtado. Pegasus is a good one. I don't know why. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Because he can fly? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Leaping in the air?
0: I'm not sure yeah, yeah. You, you say Kikuchi just has you say like you space S A Y.
1: You say Kikuchi, you also I also say Kikuchi. Um
0: <laughs>
1: I like the I like the Chapman
2: ones that aren't chappy. Chappie's too much of like the hockey nickname where they just Agreed. throw a
0: Y on the end of uh on the Pegasus is great. Thing. Let's just call him Pegasus yeah. from now on on the podcast. We could call I him. I want Mr. to know Pla- the
1: origin
2: of that of Pegasus.
1: I thought Mr. Platinum would be fine. Because is he is he not the only platinum glover that the Blue Jays have ever had since they came up with the whole platinum glove concept?
0: Tulo um, might have won one if it was still around. Then I don't know.
1: Uh, obviously not while he was with the Blue Jays. Uh, no. Nope. All right, so we have and just you say that's yeah I don't know.
0: So we'll, we'll brainstorm and come back to you because we can't do this on the spot. <laughs> We're bad at that, David
1: at DShemmy8, asks, what kind of offensive production do you expect from Jansen this year? And at the risk of starting a very long discussion between the two of you, (laughs) (laughs) do you think his second half was for real? Ducks behind desk.
0: (laughs) Nick, you can go first. I agree with everything you say, so you go first.
2: I think we've, we've come to the point where Danny Jansen can be 42 years old and signing a minor league contract with an invite to spring training. And I will be the one who's like, he's poised to break out. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I've like turned in, if I've become irrational about him or not, but I still in my mind, see a player who has some offensive upside between his power and his patience. uh, You know, I think it's, I think there's a chance he could hit like 15 to 20 home runs with like a league average on base. Is that, is that too optimistic?
0: I don't think it is. I mean, his overall, he had a seven seventy two OPS last year. People don't realize that. I mean, his second half was, he was bonkers in the second half. He was the best hitter on the blue Jays that had some of the streaky, the hottest streaking players in the league. And he was the best one, but he still did it. Right. And the minor league track record of him as a hitter is excellent.
2: Yeah. And I do think it's, it's fair to point out too, that the bar for offense as a catcher and Jansen's not a bad defensive catcher. Like Jansen was above, like an above average offensive catcher last year. And I know that doesn't feel right to say, but he was.
0: Yeah. No, the second half wasn't real. He's not going to be a 1400 OPS guy or whatever that was. (laughs) But I'm I'm with Nick. I think that he can be a an above average hitting catcher who plays good defense.
1: Um, yeah, I hope you're both right. That would be awesome because we wouldn't have to have this whole "What the hell happened to Danny <laughs> Jansen?" Uh, discussion in like June. Uh, <laughs> uh, Smiley Face Picnic asked a question uh, that is surely Josh specific. The Jays have 40 man has two open spots, which you probably already knew, which I did not. Um, who do you think fills them?
0: I think David Phelps will get one of them. And I think whoever, I think they're going to try to get a left handed bat. And I think that's who takes the other one. Whoever that is. I was hoping it'd be Jock Peterson, but he just signed with the Giants for six million bucks. But oh, Peterson yeah. would have been fun. I know, right? I would love that yeah. move so much, not even just from a baseball perspective, but just cause he's a yeah. fun person to to root for. But, uh, yeah. So I think those are the spots. I th- that's how I think it'll play out.
2: If it, if it's not, uh, so obviously like, if it's not going to be someone like Freeman or Conforto, who, who would the left-handed Bappy Schwarbers off the market now?
0: I don't know. <laughs> I know.
2: I know this isn't a question, but just Corey this, Dickerson. My, oh
0: yeah. I'd be fine like with that. He's, he's yeah. interesting coming back, apparently. Cool. I
1: always like it when a player's like, uh, you know, Toronto's good now that I finally actually got there. Um, Ishak asks again, uh, relief pitchers are so inconsistent. I'm curious to see what happens there. Um, referencing the bullpen. Um, do you feel the same way that they they if they pitch the way they pitched last year, it'll be OK? Um. I you think can go first and then yeah, I'll go ahead Nick.
0: Or, or or Greg, but I'll, just, no. I'll, I'll go last. Go ahead. Nick.
1: Yeah. No, I, I
2: think the, yeah, the kind of variance in outcomes between relievers does make it a little bit risky to, to feel the same way about them. If you look at the Jays relievers specifically um, you know, I, I think a lot of them we can expect to have, if not the same performance though, similar, like Jordan Romano's, been pretty good for two years now i know he struggled a little bit in the second half but i'm of the mind that the sticky stuff crackdown is not a major problem in that once players had a full offseason to adjust to it uh they should be okay um i think simber and richards will be be all right i think for me what i'm most hopeful about with the jays bullpen and in terms of to answer your his question about do i feel the same about them (laughs) i i think I think I feel guys like Merriweather and Pearson have the potential to be better. Um, And, and that's to me, what's most, I guess, promising about the bullpen.
1: Um, I think the number of times I've seen a bullpen that we thought was one way on opening day and ended up a completely different way by the trade deadline in August. And somehow the team, you know, managed to get through it. um, It doesn't, it doesn't matter as long as you have the willingness to pull the trigger when something isn't working out or to go find a guy when something isn't working out. Because you're, you're looking at important innings, but you're looking at far less innings than you would if you were looking for that fourth or fifth starter in the middle of a season. So I'm not super worried about it because I don't think the disaster that, that the early season bullpen um, for the Blue Jays was last year is, is anything but like a complete outlier. But I could be wrong.
0: So I think the bullpen is excellent. I think that if Pearson and Merriweather are in it, I think it's great. And the reason I don't want Chris Archer or, well, again, I think I'm pretty sure I saw the Carlos Martinez sign somewhere, but is because there's limits on how many relievers you can carry now. You cannot carry more than eight if you have five starters. And no one's going to have fewer than five starters. And there are certain players that are locked in. Romano, Meza, Simber, Yimi Garcia. Richards and stripling that's six guys. And then if you're adding Pearson Merriweather and then that there's still Vasquez, Baraki, David Phelps, the second you start bringing more guys in, you got to cut someone. And, I, and in some of those cases, they're just gone off the roster. They have to release, you have to release them. So I don't think it's worth getting any relief pitchers who don't have options unless they're elite relief pitchers like if it's you know if kenley jansen's coming through the door you make room for kenley jansen but it's that's the level i'm talking about i don't want anybody else
1: sam dowdle at sam dowdle asks chapman's vaccinated right uh i think i can answer this one which would be the jays would not have signed him or would not have traded for him did they if they didn't think he was vaccinated
0: Yeah. Will, at Will... You missed one. You missed the one I... I wanted to talk about.
1: Oh, man, I did. Matthew Trueblood, at M-A-T Trueblood. Uh, nice to see you again, Matt. Uh, how much could Chapman's arrival help Bo as a shortstop? Will he benefit substantially from being able to shade most hitters up the middle more? Yes, you alluded to this earlier, and then I hopped right past it. I apologize.
0: Yeah, so people... Marcus Samien has a reputation, by the way of being a very good defensive shortstop. Obviously, this is just one stat, because out above average, by the way, hates Marcus Samian as a shortstop. If you go by Statcast, Marcus Samian had 11 defensive runs saved in 2018, seven in 2019, and then minus six in 2020. The difference there, Chapman was hurt in 2020. (laughs) Mm. And I honestly, I don't think that's a coincidence because he's able to handle so much to his left that it does allow for this kind of creative positioning. And, for example, Bo Bichette, again, this is stat cast data, was a much better shortstop at moving towards to his left. And so if you can have Chapman play more in the hole and Bichette play more over to his to to in the hole there, it plays to everybody's strengths and it raises the overall level of everybody's defense. And I think that's exactly what will happen.
1: No, I definitely I agree with the the concept. I mean, just in terms of you're making the throw in the direction that you're headed nine times out of 10, if your third baseman is able to cover the hole instead of your shortstop. Right, because the shortstop's yeah. not and running away from, from first, spinning around and trying to make a, a hail mary throw. Yeah. You'll get yeah, to the ball quicker too, if the third. Just
0: from a Bruchette perspective, change. though, it allows him to play specifically to his strength, which is moving to his glove side.
1: Yeah, so a lot is our our uh, working theory, uh, Mister Uh Will at Will double underscore Brom. What acqu- other acquisitions would you like to see the Jays? Would you like the Jays to see make that are realistic? Um, One acquisition, Nick. Well, so the first thing that came into
2: my
0: head. Realistic one.
2: (laughs) He, yeah, he, yeah. Josh, Josh knows where I'm going. I think it's not uh, to
0: tell Marte. That's not realistic. No, with no,
2: no, no. He's he's a left-handed hitting first baseman. um
0: I don't think that's realistic either. With, with a no-trade <laughs> clause.
2: With <laughs> an with a with a no-trade no clause. Um, and do you think that's not realistic because of what they'd have to get up to get him? Because it no, because he like...
0: expressed no interest in playing in Toronto because he doesn't want to have, mix his home and business life.
2: Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, one thing I'm curious about is if that's going to change, given the Reds are basically burning their team down.
0: And, well, I think he would happily leave Cincinnati, but I think Toronto's still a place he doesn't want to come.
2: Yeah, which, fair enough. I could not imagine how often he would be bothered if uh, he ended up coming to Toronto. But, um, yeah, I don't know, then Conforto,
1: <laughs> if if he's vaccinated. <laughs> Josh,
0: I'm one with
1: yeah, Confargo. I love that. Uh, I'm gonna go with Kamley Jansen. All right, I want I want a closer, a closer closer. Um, even though they're not actually that valuable, uh, seize the means of run production at split letters. <laughs> Extremely <laughs> topical. Can you explain the Rockies to me? Because what? Uh, obviously, in reference to. Signing Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant for $182 million, handing him a no-trade clause less than a year after um, after getting rid of someone with a very long contract and a no-trade clause.
0: The answer is no. Nobody can explain the Rockies. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think it's the thin air up in the mountains. That is my explanation. Uh, wow, we're going to try and get through all of these. Uh, Mark Grant at Zalapsky Smurf. Not going to ask about that name. Is the fact that I can't hit with him in MLB The Show a legit reason to not like the Chapman trade? Nick.
2: Hitting in MLB The Show is really hard. Well, I'm <laughs> bad at video games, but no,
1: it's. I wouldn't worry about it. It's a hard-ass game to play. <laughs> I believe right. the, yeah, the answer is get good. Minor Leaguer at Minor Underscored Leaguer. What is the Blue Jays' greatest weakness right now? What do you think will be their greatest weakness at the trade deadline? Josh.
0: I think it is still lineup balance, which again, it's not a great, not a big weakness. So I don't think the Jays have any great ones at the trade deadline. I think that someone will get hurt, and they'll have to be trying to scramble to fill it.
1: I will answer this one with um, second base because you just don't know. Uh, and Nick, I think uh, given
2: the risks for injuries and just some, you know, Ryu is coming off a difficult year. Manoa's only got the one major league year. I think it could
1: still be starting pitching. Ooh, bold. Uh, Prairie Jays at Jays Prairie. What's your go-to food at the ballpark?
0: Josh. Hot dogs outside gate 11.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which you can carry through the gate, I might add. (laughs) Nick.
0: Yeah, you can bring them in. They're the best. (laughs)
1: pizza
2: i guess like the pizza nova i guess um i'm not super inspired by anything though at the the rogers center
1: it's been years i i can't i mean as a ballpark food in general a a good polish sausage on a bun is is my go-to um turf ferguson gets the last question if it's not too late man this is a long podcast but it is not too late because we care uh i'd be super super curious to know how much of chapman's obp is expected to improve without giant foul out territory does he hit a disproportionate number of foul balls, is a bit of a free swinger, and do those turn disproportionately into outs in Oakland? Is that a next week question after you looked at some StatCast data, Josh?
0: Yeah, I didn't have time to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell you what, I, I, here's what I'll do. Uh, I, I want to see his pop-up percentage, and I'll I'll reply to, the, to this question with his, his Twitter account.
2: So his infield fly ball percentage for his career is fifteen point nine.
0: Then yes, absolutely. There's your answer. It's it's going to be a significant difference if that's if that's really high.
1: He's the anti Joey Votto. Thank you for all of your questions. Uh, we will move on to our our wonderful roast of Bob Nightingale. Like so. All
2: right. What would I do different? Well, well, I've never actually made a mistake. There have been a few, let's call them, Stenanks. That could be worthy of a do-over.
1: Would you like me to read the tweet, Josh, or would you like the honor? You go for it. After seeing the long Instagram post from uh, Freddie Freeman, basically saying thank you to the Braves, acknowledging that he was not going to be back there, uh, Bob Nightingale uh, quote tweeted, Freddie Freeman with a classy farewell to Atlanta and its passionate fan base. He may be gone. But he'll be forgotten. <laughs>
0: so
2: great,
1: harsh, <laughs> so <laughs> harsh. <laughs> Goodbye and good riddance, says Bob Nightingale. <laughs> we don't need to hear anything else about Freddie Freeman. Uh he did. For to his
0: credit, he did correct this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: so badly, I bet Twitter. Uh, he wants Twitter to have an edit, edit button right now. Like that is the this is the moment of like why does Twitter not have an edit button? <laughs> because <laughs> screw Freddie Freeman. Oh man. Uh, no mark whatsoever. That that is kind of a callback to what we originally intended the do-over for, which was just just that one slip-up you can't have back.
0: And just as a, a, another quick callback to the do-over history, the first one, as you just alluded to, is Mike Wilner saying that Donaldson, Encarnacion, and Batista might hit 140 home runs, which he meant 120. <laughs> so close. You could do it again. Like Guerrero, Springer, and Chapman might hit 40 home, 140 home runs, and mean 120. Like it's reasonable to believe that.
1: Yeah, it's crazy, um, indeed. So, I have, I have been. Uh, thrilled to sit here and talk about a team that is contending for the World Series, uh, which we're going to talk about next week, uh, presumably while we look around the rest of the AL East and see what's going on there. But before that, I get to ask you for your final thoughts. I will allow you, Josh, to um, put one out there
0: first. I'm giving my own personal gold star to Carlos Bayarga for just being the most entertaining Causing so much fun value for Blue Jays fans the last few days with his flame emoji thing that Jays are going to get probably maybe Freddie Freeman. And then, oh, they got Chapman. They did. And now he's saying it's an 85% chance that they're going to get Ramirez before the season starts and Biggie will be part of the package. He's just throwing shit at the wall. Oh, there you're going to bleep me too, Greg. You got two of this episodes. Yeah, okay, episode. i can write it down. <laughs>
1: but it's hilarious
0: and entertaining and fun and if that's not what the offseason the best part of the off season, then i don't know what is
1: i have a question
0: where does he get the photo collages
2: oh they're awesome the blue jays should make like t-shirts of the, those photo coll- i would buy a shirt of like
0: don't, don't give that away and, at DA for free man with the flames
2: and stuff oh that would be so good uh there's a, a great one of chris bryant that he posted is just chris bryant and the background is just money stacks of bills
0: <laughs> that's fantastic do oh, you lines. do you have
1: a uh, a final thought nick
2: uh yeah and it's gonna be a polarizing one but uh just since since the lockout ended and there there's just been so much going on in the baseball hot stove world i've been watching a lot of mlb network and i've i've come around on harold reynolds uh i think just in a in a sport where there's just so much so many people that like don't seem to care or like baseball that are talking about it harold reynolds he likes baseball and he's he's not malicious and i i think i like harold reynolds which i know is yeah he, he uh, likes blasphemy. it he just doesn't
1: know anything about how it works which is his job
2: yeah <laughs> yeah he's so he's happy though he's he's like one of the few people that's like happy talking about baseball which is like really refreshing
1: uh that's that's amazing he'll, uh, he'll get it he'll he'll get
2: he'll learn eventually. yeah he'll
1: catch on soon i mean he's he's probably only 60 um so. he has questions too <laughs> oh my like, goodness do they
0: play baseball in canada
1: <laughs> yeah do they even play baseball in canada um all right my final thought is um, you should go check out on YouTube Dorktown's Captain Ahab um, All About Dave Steve, a four-part YouTube series which has the most relaxing, pleasing graphics as it as it follows Dave Steve through his career. I'm only on part one. I'm hooked. Um, go check it out. It's super cool. Um, yeah. Which is to say uh, you have been Joshua Housem at Joshua Housem and I have been uh, Greg skate at Coolhead2010. Also, you have been Nick Dica at Nick Dyka. And this has been Artificial Turf Wars, episode number 228. And we'll talk at you